everybody. It's Becky Johnson. Hi, and it's Dan Byrne. And welcome to The H Word, a weekly podcast about hope. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Scary. Um, this is our second episode, and we're very excited to have our first guest. That's da Oh my gosh, there she is. Uh, she is from Fairness Fun Sketch, among many other wonderful accomplishments. It's Carolyn Taylor. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Carolyn, would you like to introduce yourself a bit further? How would you define yourself? Oh, gosh. I feel like jobs are sometimes our passion, but it's hard to, it's not always right to define ourselves by them. Yeah, fair enough. So what would you say? How would you introduce yourself oh wow that's interesting okay i am someone who likes to philosophize nice really with friends okay great like i'm happy in a situation like that mm -hmm. i'm someone who likes to i'm good at bringing people together for projects nice. and things so that that makes me think about like playing a role in your with your friends do you play uh -huh. do you do you sort of play the kind of like theorist Oh, no. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm not a capital T theorist, but yes, no, I often am running stupid theories by people. What am I saying? Yeah, that's mm. like, I'm always like, okay, imagine this. Okay, this scenario <laughs> and like, or inventing games that everyone has to play. Oh, yeah. That are just, you know. You like what? Uh, well, let's see. Well, this one May Martin and I invented together. It's a card game. <laughs> and I think <laughs> you have to keep asking questions, but the thrust of it is who is the devil and who is the Lord? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it's a and card it, game? It, well, it, it started as some weird card game where you had to ask a question quickly and whoever, like you had to answer right away, like one of those like, you know, slap down kind of uh, mm. snap type games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were playing it in Wales. And then one of the questions that came out quickly that you had to answer before you did anything else was, who is the devil and who is the Lord? It's like, how do you answer who the devil is and who the Lord like is? Like among the players? Yeah. And there's just the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, it's an impossible question. That's great. And having to answer reflexively. Yes. Exactly. Gave this kind of. It gives uh, this urgency. Yeah. Yeah. And this is then, great. Yeah. And you were in Wales. We were in Wales waiting for a, a short train. <laughs> you know we're off to a raring start you know you know what having guests is easy yeah they're yeah. all gonna be like carolyn yeah. <laughs> just hang out and laugh absolutely mm. dan how would you define yourself this week um <laughs> yeah well i'm thinking about this this uh idea of playing a role which made me think of how i used to play a certain role um in like with my high school friends and i'm still friends with some of my friends from high school uh -huh. and um there was this sort of shift that i had to have in my personality where i grew tired of my role <gasps> i was i was sort of the um i was the one that was made fun of the most i guess mm. you know and i was really happy with that for a long time i was like this is great and, and you, then i grew you are now a, a comedian you work in comedy. We were at the time. It was like, this is my yeah. improv friends, like improv team right. in high school. Um, and I grew tired of that. And there had to be this shift where I got like really angry and like just, you know, realizing that I just, it was on me to just like decide who I would be. Right. Um, are you still, who are you now? Are you the angry guy? No, no. I, I'm, I'm much happier because I am, because I'm sort of setting my own boundaries with what my role is. And I've heard that anger is sort of a stage in boundary setting. Ooh, like we get right. angry when our boundaries are being violated, even in small ways. You know, you just, you take it, you, you know, tolerate it, tolerate it, tolerate it. And then you reach a point where like, this has not been okay. And you get angry, maybe disproportionately angry, you know, in relation to the 
transgression, whatever it is. Like yeah. I said cream, not milk in my coffee. Like whatever yeah. the thing is and and that, that might be one of the steps to putting a boundary down to say, Okay, I don't I don't wanna be the one people make fun of. And and I love that you were able to acknowledge that you liked it for a long time. Yes. You're like this is fun and then you reach a day where you're like, Oh wow, this isn't fun anymore. Right. Like yeah. that you were complicit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think now that I do have the boundaries in place, I can I'm still good at being that. I can still be the person that is made fun of and enjoy that because I have the stronger sense of self. I do it to you on stage sometimes. I'm sorry. Make fun of me? Sort of. Yeah. And but I but don't, you make fun don't of worry. Me. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all fun. And also yeah. on stage is different. I think the it agreement is. I mean now I guess comedians are yeah, nicer. On stage to each other. is different. You can do whatever you want on stage. <laughs> yeah, I bring knives and <laughs> yeah. blood and all kinds of yeah. stuff for improv. Yeah, and Becky, how would you define yourself this week? Uh, I would define myself, so it's not further to what role I play in a group because I haven't been dealing with that so much lately, but I would I would define myself this week as feeling a bit better. Oh, oh interesting. better. Um, I've had some uh, ways that I was feeling physically unwell. I've had a lot of stress and anxiety, and mm. um, it's still there, but uh, I'm just noticing that certain things are a little bit alleviated this week, and that's really great. I don't know why. Do you think it's the release of the full moon? Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Mm. Is, is that is that an well, option? You know, you reach the full moon, <laughs> and everything is comes to a option? boiling point. You know, people are in a merge. Everything's ah, everyone's fighting everything. And then after that, isn't it when we go into the the waning period of the moon? I think there's a bit of a release, like a bit of a, oof. It's like someone let the valve. The there was. Did you guys hear that New York Times? It was on like the Daily. There were three big long episodes. And there was a big long article in the Times about the, this reclusive family who said they were royals in india who lived in oh. new delhi and uh anyway it was this weird thing where they were was trying to get away with creating a myth around themselves by only engaging foreign correspondents to do interviews with them who couldn't really research their background but one of <laughs> oh, the wow. one of the caveats was that the matriarch would only be photographed during the waning moon <laughs> <So good. laughs> really stuck with me yeah. maybe that's why because she knew she'd be more chill yeah yeah, huh. maybe. Yeah, maybe. Or that it's really hard that people don't know when that is. So it, then she can always shift the, yeah. the date of the interview. That's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 And she'd be like, oh, not the waning moon of the Christian calendar. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> the and moon's always the moon. Just because that's quite the mystery you've set up. Do, are they they're discovered as not being royals? Uh, yeah, I I mean, spoiler, if you're going to listen to this uh, series on the New York Times Daily, but it was like over, I think, American Thanksgiving weekend, these three long episodes, and it's fantastic. But yeah, posthumously, this journalist oh, wow. did some digging and realized that they were not, but they got away with it. And they, they got a big decrepit old castle in a forest to live in that was mm. falling apart and had no walls. Oh, so great. But they also lived in a train station <laughs> for a decade before that. Well done. It's a very fun story. Oh. And sad. Mm. But it's good to get away with your myth. <laughs> <laughs> to get away with your myth. Yeah. So, Carolyn, every week um, we are trying to uh, bring this question to our guests. And the question is, what is, if anything, making you hopeful this week? And Do you want to add, do we make guests go first? I think guests should choose when they go. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. When would you like to go? Not first. Not first. Okay, okay. great. Um, well, I, I'll start uh, quickly before I get into my hopefulness with something uh, I heard on CBC Radio Q today, which is going to give away how early we recorded this. But still, it was an interview with, uh, now I can't remember her name, Dolores something, 
I'm getting it wrong, who uh, is a color forecaster for Pantone. Pantone released their color of mm. 2020. Yes. Mm -hmm. Did you hear about this? Yeah, calming blue or classic blue. Classic blue, right? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> but it is. Yeah. It's associated with safety, resilience, and and anti anxiety. So it it seemed to relate to our themes here. I was like, ah, if Pantone is saying that we need to calm down hmm. and feel mm. safe, and I think hope is in the mix there, or maybe to a baseline where you can just become hopeful. Hmm. Um, so that's my. News in hope. <laughs> is classic blue. It's classic, classic blue. blue is the color for 2020. 2019 was living coral, which had it which had a like implication. It was it's stressful. It's like corals dying. They were making a political stance yeah. and then for 2020 they were like, okay, so good, you've heard that. Yeah. Let's just let's just calm down. We have to calm down. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. that's I'm weird. hopeful. Well, I mean not to I'm not jumping ahead into my hope. You can, uh, you can use the you word can. hopeful whatever but you hopeful, want. But hopeful just well I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm hopeful or terrified by 2020 the idea of, you know, seeing clearly. You have 2020 vision, you Ooh. know, clarity vision. So on the one hand, you know, maybe it is calm, maybe you're seeing things clearly, you know, from a heart perspective or something. Or is it like 2020 the year that all is revealed? Mm, you know, right. is that like but maybe that's when not things helpful. come into focus. When things come into focus, is, right. will there be some kind of like poetic, you know, uh, convergence of the number and and our consciousness? Because it is very nice to not see everything in sharp relief. No kidding. Mm. Yeah, that's it's hard. Yeah, uh, a an old friend of mine did this weird drug once where he said like he's like I had this feeling like everything was connected. And I was like cool, and he was like no, <laughs> <laughs> not cool. <laughs> No, mm. think about it. No. And then I did. I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah, I don't want to see everything. Um, mm. Do you want to go first? I can. Or do you want to? You, you, oh, you, I thought you did go. But yeah, please no, go. No, that was just, I'm trying to, uh, we're just starting this podcast, so I'm trying to force segments on. That was uh, This Week in Hope. Oh, that was your This Week <laughs> in. Oh, oh okay. It did make me feel hopeful. Honestly, can I say something about mm. um, segments? Yeah. I have been trying ever since we recorded the last one to think of something that rhymes with Becky's. <laughs> like oh. to have a segment called Becky's. But you discovered what? the secret. That nothing rhymes. No, nope. Trekkie. Trekkie, yeah, I we know. Don't we don't want that. that. It's Reckies? not interesting. Reckies? Reckies. Like people like Iraq? No. W-R-E-C-K. No, no. No, W-R-E-C-K. Reckies. Like... Like Becky like, takes down something. Yeah, or like <laughs> Becky's like, you know, oh. car, you know, the place, what's the place where cars go to? <laughs> old old Becky's Wrecking Yard? Yeah, yeah, you go to Becky's Wreckies. Oh, yeah, Becky's Wreckies. I do that. I do old Becky's Wrecking Yard. Or, yeah. Or it's like, what uh, I bring in your old uh, <laughs> noise. Name a car. Is that what you're trying to do? <laughs> no, I was trying to, I was trying to think of something else that you'd want crushed in 2020. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Like put an end to it. It's like Becky's Reckies. You bring in your anxiety. Becky's Reckies will crush it and send it away. Yeah, you bring in your, your patriarchy and yeah. they'll squish right. it. <laughs> Here's what I had. Yeah. Becky's Skeksis. Okay. Do you so know what that is? Yes, I do. It's from <laughs> the Dark Crystal, the kind of horrible <laughs> vulture beasts. Yeah. And there, there, I, was like, I was like, oh, what does that mean? Because I just had the word in my brain. And then it was like, no, it's a fictional species. Yeah, so the segment would just be me. Like be like, oh, this one. Uh. Yeah, exactly. Going through the particular Skeksis from the movie. I don't. <laughs> There's I don't a TV think so. show too. I haven't watched now. Oh yeah. Um. So we're still working on segments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Segments are. We'll put a bit in that. Yeah. Um. But I can do my. Yeah, that'd oh. be great. Okay. So, and and maybe this will like alleviate your feelings about 
what you've chosen because I've chosen something extremely uh, goofy in many ways. Hmm. So this week, what is making me hopeful is the millennial silhouette. Hmm. So I don't understand. I'll unpack it. Thank you. <laughs> um, so it's just it's just um, I'm. We've said in the last episode. I um, was born in 1978, which makes me not a millennial. Millennial by like one definition, which is clearly incorrect. 78 cannot be part of this, no. but no. Um, but looking at younger women in clothing, these like high-waisted pants, having a tummy, having a bit of a bum, you can also have like hip shape with like the fat part. Now, I was watching this last week and try not to judge me too much. For the first time, I watched two shows, Entourage mm. and The L Word. Oh, mm. <laughs> did you watch the new L Word? No. Oh, okay. I watched the old, bit of the old one um, because the new one was coming out. And like when the old one originally aired, I don't think I had a TV, but like all my friends were talking about it. And um, one of the things that these two shows share, which uh, you might not, might not be the first thing you think about, is unbelievably thin women, wall to wall. And it was, um, and I'm old enough as an actor to have been through a time where that was absolutely the 100% standard right. for women. There was this part in Entourage, I think in the pilot, where these two women walk by, and uh, my husband and I both went, oh, oh. And, and not to shame anyone for being thin, but just see, like, that is not, this is not what humanity looks like. It's not every woman who looks like this. And I absolutely um, lived under the weight of that pressure. I been rather public about suffering from eating disorders for a long time and um and and i had people say to me in this industry like you would work more if you lose weight i'm saying this because i love you i think you're fine the way you are but you need to lose weight yeah. or it was a compliment was you're talented don't think you're not talented right it's your weight that's holding you back and i also am not even mad at the people who said that to me these were friends and mm -hmm. some of them were personal trainers and actors right so mm -hmm. so they were saying like i know how to get you there to get you to a place where your body will allow your talent to be released wow anyway wow so i know but um for all these sort of big picture things that are going on um the progression of the millennial silhouette and what women are allowed to look like specifically is something that after watching these shows, I don't know when the L word premiered, but I think Entourage was 2004. It was like, I lived through that. I knew it was bad. And seeing it now in comparison mm -hmm. is like, I had no idea how bad it was, even as someone who considers yourself like feminist and progressive and all these things. So that's mine. A bit sad in the, what do you got? What do you no, I, I like, I mean, I like the hope behind what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I certainly know on my own, I've yeah had that where it was after Second City, some producer guy was talking to people who were on stage at Second City, taking meetings and, and he was like, yeah, I know you'd be great. Like super smart. You'd be great behind the camera. Like I really see you more. And I was like, huh, I think I'm a good performer. Like funny. I get some laughs and whatever, but it was like, yeah, it's just, you just kind of know, oh, okay. Then that dividing thing. But again, this was in whatever the early 2000s, mm -hmm. you know, 2003 or something like that for, but uh, yeah, that, and you just sort of take it. But I remember thinking, well, wait, I don't, <laughs> I don't quite get that. I was told by my you know? former comedy partner that mm -hmm. I should go into editing because it's a pink industry and I have no idea why he suggested that. Wow. A pink industry, pink industry, meaning lots of women. Yes. Wow. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, I didn't suggest I direct because I'm so bossy and opinionated. <laughs> <laughs> or that I'd be a supermodel because I'm gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, well, so to, but to come back around to yes. what millennials are into as far as body, and now, I mean, obviously, we're talking about Lizzo, and we shouldn't just talk about her body, but these are like profound movements mm -hmm. as women, and I think as someone who's you know, there's a whole generation who's 20 years younger than I am. And this is, when I think of hope and I think of the future, these are the things where I'm like, I want, I want that next generation to call out everything we were doing and, mm -hmm. and push things forward. And in this way, they absolutely have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm sure we can do better. Yeah. We can definitely do better, but. No, yeah. I think you're right. And like in, in that whole you know, idea that the personal is political, right? So you personally become comfortable with things and you personally rock out in whatever your look is and however your body is, and uh, then that is a political act. And it's too bad that, that it has to be or that we have to think that it is, and maybe for some folks it isn't. But I think certainly for some coming to acceptance and just unapologetically being like, this is who I am is glorious. And, and also, awesome. I'm not there. Oh yeah, yeah, right, yeah. I don't, I don't know. But right. there needs to be room for that too. Otherwise, yeah. it's not a positive movement. If if you can't be where you're at, then, you know, uh, what is it? Morning and I talk about if the movement takes away your agency, it's just another movement that takes away your agency. Like, just you still have to have agency. The agency to say I'm not there yet, or or I don't feel comfortable doing that. And you know so much more about this theory than I do. You and and your. Oh, it's Moynan. Yeah, but still, okay. even, yeah. even she's, but she's like a PhD, right? So I, but even being near that, yeah, being near, I know near that brain. <laughs> well, there are sketches on Baroness, like what's that one? That's like the feminist reading club. Yeah. Um, queer theory reading group, gender yes. studies. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. I love but that. The conversation that like just the dialoguing. Did, oh, who yeah. wrote that? That was, that well, Moynin, I, I wrote or? it with Moynin. So yeah. Moynin wrote the theory and I wrote the and Moynin sketch. Moynin is your partner yes. who is a PhD. It, who just got her PhD. So she's just I become know. a doctor. Wow. That's so exciting. Doctor Dr. King. King. Yeah, she's Dr. King. Dr. King. Yes. Wow. Dr. King number two. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a, a really fun way to collaborate where I wrote the sort of comedy of the scene, but I was like, I want to do this because I would always call her queer theory reading group gay book club. I'm like, oh, are you going to gay book club? And she's like, it's queer theory reading or working group. <laughs> but like, the dialogue at the end, I'm just, so I'm like, it's so specific. Yes. I do not know what is being said here, and but I know it's I correct. Yes. And that's what's so fun. That was the thing. I was like, please, what would happen? I really want the dialogue to be legit so that someone yeah. who is in the academic world or is studying gender studies or has that education or that knowledge is like, isn't feeling like they're being talked down to. They're like, oh, this is what one would be talking about if you were studying, you know, Judith Butler's, you know gender trouble or whatever yeah because if you want to make fun of a queer theory reading group then you can make up a bunch of like nonsense but that's not the point here and that people can be laughing for different reasons so it's not just like oh haha ha, we're laughing at a queer theory reading group in fact that's we're not you know like the people that's who right. are in queer theory reading groups are laughing at oh what it's like to yeah. you know to have those discussions and have someone who is an interloper who doesn't understand and other people are laughing because they are the person who doesn't fit in other people are laughing because they've been in that relationship that is somehow off balance and you know, uh, doesn't satisfy on every level. And so you're laughing at, you know, wherever there are many, uh, multiple entry points. And I love a scene that has yeah, that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, what are your feelings on body image, Dan? <laughs> How do we look? <laughs> <laughs> Never better. <laughs> My feelings on body image. I, I don't, um, you don't have to answer. Them. Yeah, I mean, I guess I have, like, I, I guess I have, I, I, you know, I was raised in a similar time to you. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, you know, I think I just see 
changes in my body as bad. Um, Just you know. change, like aging? Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, I think I'm like, I think I have some like aging shame sort of mm. uh, coded into me somewhere. Has the male millennial silhouette changed? Good question. Is that like the whole dad bod thing, or that's oh, or is know. that a Gen X kind yeah. of? Oh, that's not Gen X. I think that's younger. Gen is X it? is older than me. Well, I'm yeah, but but dad bod would be applied to people who are of the Gen X age, age. right? Oh, I see. So this okay, uh, this isn't just young people. Like a young person wouldn't necessarily <laughs> like a twenty have year a dad old being bod. like, I am fit, but I'm gonna get a tummy because that's trendy. I I have no idea. I, I just don't know. know I, I don't even know what I speak of. I just know I heard the word dad bod. Yeah. <laughs> also, what's normcore? That's old too. Yeah. Normcore is now out. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, there was a brief window where I was just loving it because it was just my natural style. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. we're looking back on the decade, normcore was in the mix. Looking back on the That's past. a fashion. That's a fashion yes. thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But it's just ugly old clothes. <laughs> no, it's no, sorry, just. That's not how you dress. It's just like, it's just um, plain clothes. Like plain, oh, nice. yeah, and that's what I—it's my entire yeah. closet, right? Yeah, not too flashy. Yeah, yeah. yeah look at us. You're a black T-shirt. And I'm in a white turtleneck. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm wearing some you, wide, you bold an, pants, and you have a nice scoop neck. Yeah, that's true. This shirt I've had since the '90s. That's fantastic. Oh, okay. If you just keep stuff long enough, it comes back. Or people are just like, whatever. That's what you dress. It looks like, like a that's dancer's right. top. Yeah, oh, it does. Yeah, yeah, nice scoop neck. Yeah. In an aubergine. In an aubergine. <laughs> <laughs> so my uh, my thing this week, my answer to the question is um, a very different. I just was like falling asleep. And you know when like strange thoughts give you feelings you didn't expect um, in the sort of like uh, liminal state between sleeping and waking. Mm -hmm. um, so mine, I got a, I got, I got like a, a, a wash of good feelings and this is something I want to talk about is the distinction between hopefulness and good feelings. Right. But, um, but I got a wash of good feelings, which were akin to hope in thinking about a post human future. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Because of this one comes up for me a lot too. Does it? The world without us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Because it was like, it, it was, it was something I was thinking about this show and I was thinking about the nature of hope. And I was like, because last because last episode we were talking about hope being necessarily by definition related to the future and so much hopelessness is is tied to the fact that our future doesn't our human future does not look so good mm -hmm. and then i went past that and i was like oh but that's pretty good um to go to go past the sort of human disease so yeah. you're like we're all you're kind of back to becky's thing of Becky's thing uh, we're all connected Becky's friends drug trip you know <laughs> that we're all connected and so I find that interesting so the sort of the I don't know if annihilation is too strong a word but like the removal of the, yeah. the end of civilization doesn't trouble you because are you like well I am the plants and I am the ocean we are we are the everything and therefore you're looking at it as the planet beyond self obviously yeah beyond self I don't yeah. I didn't I didn't feel myself tied to the planet i was i was more just um i was more comforted by the resiliency of the world yeah. um i think i think so much of what our brains create and project onto the world gives us so much anxiety Ugh, um so but then beneath that like you were saying like 2020 hopefully that syncs up with our and i was going to say like our totally arbitrarily invented calendar right <laughs> um and uh, yeah, uh, no, sorry. 
Jesus invented Sorry, the calendar. That's, yeah, that's, that's right. right. Sorry, yeah. it's, it's the holidays. Let's not forget that Jesus invented yeah. time. <laughs> Sorry to just jump in there with that. That's no, a rum. Thank you. Uh, it's always good to be noted. Um, and uh, the, the 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 perpetuity of of um, of a system greater than the human brain was was a a very comforting notion to me. Mm. That's wonderful. I that also like what Carolyn brought up too of like what are what are ourselves? There's all this stuff about your body is more bacteria than anything else. That's, mm. that's gonna live. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Yes. Yeah. Like no, we're turning saying, right? to. We, we are oh, the yeah. grass. We are. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. No. Episode I, two. We got it all figured two. out. <laughs> well, there, there, there is that for sure. Um, I guess there was just this. There was just this feeling of like, uh, of like imagining, the, the earth spinning regardless of our desire for it to spin or not. Right. It was nice. I when I think about that, I also think about, and this isn't to encourage us to be worse, but. All the things that we've put out there will also create new life and strange mutations and opportunity. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think we should be proud of ourselves for mm. polluting. But th- these things will happen. We won't know them. And that's right. kind of Pollution cool. is a gift. And that's what you're saying, right? <laughs> yeah. And like Nature should be grateful. Right? Yeah. Donald Trump yeah. is making liberals smarter or something because <laughs> they have to, they have to work out, harder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not true. Do not agree. But, but I do think about. DNA. Do not agree. <laughs> yeah i'll just right. say that yeah right. <laughs> it's great but i do think about just that all all of this will turn into something else we, a lot of things are dying mm. we including we need to go yeah it's, <laughs> we, we need yeah. to leave yeah there's but um in this when you imagine this world like is the human and i don't even know if it's but is the consciousness uh does the consciousness continue past does let's say human consciousness so say human bodies dissolve in whatever uh horror show is coming uh what what about the consciousness like does does that work does that i'm curious is that that is that do you think that's a question about afterlife or it seems related um like do you think then that people's consciousness persists after when they after they die now well i i think it might i don't think in a in a individuated like way necessarily but mm, no one gets a slot and I, keeps their slot or or is the consciousness that you experienced while you were on the earth you know that little slice of being becky or being dan or being carolyn mm. or, or anybody that that contributes a little more knowledge a little more pathos a little more anxiety a li- whatever we experienced while we were on the planet mm. that that adds just a little more to the thing the big thing do you see the con do you see human consciousness maybe as akin to the internet where we're all hooked into a Maybe. a larger system possibly yeah, yeah i think i'm I think, so. I think i'm there yeah yeah it does kind of feel like you're it does kind of feel like you have um you have a, a workstation a bit in in terms of like well this is sort of how it's referred to so i was out west this summer uh in vancouver and um these conversations were coming up a lot uh i have friends who are telling me like they've had sort of spiritual awakenings where this is it exactly what you're saying carolyn is like we're here right now um we we're we're down on earth from somewhere else and our time here is valuable i don't know if it's true i certainly but i'm willing to be open to these things Mm. i had this dream maybe 10 years ago uh that i was in the elevator in an elevator at the top of like the sheridan or something so one of the tall buildings and uh, i was getting in with my mom and 
the woman who birthed me, the nurse who birthed me, became a family friend, whatever. Mm. So the three of us are in a dream. Go ahead, Freud, like super weird. And we're at like the mm. 80th floor at a party and we're going down to, I guess, the garage to get the car or something like that. And we wave goodbye to the people and we're like, okay, we'll see you downstairs in the lobby or, or whatever. And then my mom in the dream turns to me and she goes, unless the elevator plummets. And I was like, mom. And then like the doors close and like you hear like, click like the, and suddenly we just start plummeting we're plummeting like the 80 floors or whatever plummet 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 and in this time everything sort of I guess is going fast but slows down and I'm communicating telepathically with my mom and I'm like okay this is it like we are crossing over to the other side impact is going to come again this is all happening very quickly telepathically and I say to her there is a string of consciousness, like a thread. Hold on to that. Hold on to your consciousness. We're going to die. We're crossing over. Just hold on to the one thread that is you, like that tiny thread. And we'll, I'll see you on the other side. Of course, in the dream, she's like, what? <laughs> what are you talking What thread of consciousness? I'm like, for God's sake, that's out. Oh my God. Oh, I can't go into this. Yeah. And yeah. so then I center myself in the dream as we plummet. I'm like, okay. And I hold on to the thread of consciousness that is me. And as soon as I am completely surrendered and ready to die like i'm like okay here we go the elevator just stops as if on a cloud like duke the doors open bing, and we're in the lobby when did you have this dream mm, 10 15 years ago 10 12 years ago I don't know. Oh. it's so vivid and has stuck with you this it has stuck time. with me so you're talking about just consciousness i'm like oh yeah. god is there is there a threat well and it came in your liminal state was you're falling asleep right in and the, this in the twilight zone yeah and this thread feeling so apt to the elevator metaphor of like the cable or something, oh, you know, sliding and sort of like ripping your hands yeah. as you hold <laughs> on to right. it. Hold on to this thread. Yeah. And that really, it is a thread like in a greater, oh no, it sounds so cheesy, in a greater fabric. Like, are we all like, is yeah. this just a thread contribution to the, the mm -hmm. thing? Well, I also, hold on to your thread. It's, I like hold that. on to your thread. It's early in, in the, the evolution of this podcast to bring this up, but I hadn't, I had a couple experiences where I've like seen ghosts and stuff. And that made me be like, yes, you've mentioned this yeah, to me because it was profound, but I was like, and then, and then you'll tell some people and they'll be like, what happened? They're like, well, it could have been this. I'm like, sure. Yeah, exactly. It yeah, could have yeah, been, yeah. it doesn't matter because of how much it affected me. But there's some like irreconcilable details from these things that I'm like, I, I think I have to believe in something mm. because these this doesn't make any sense otherwise. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I've been thinking a lot lately about faith too, which sort of maybe relates to this notion of consciousness. The F word. <laughs> the F word. <laughs> faith. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and what's one thought you've had about faith? We should have somebody on who's very clear about their faith. I don't know if you are. Are you, Carolyn? I think I thought I had a faith. I think I've had a crisis of faith in the past year mm -hmm. and that i find really troubling and anxiety um inducing mm. we don't have to go into it no yeah. i was thinking <laughs> yeah, about fair. i was thinking about faith and um i was watching something involving religion and i was like oh this was created because people want to feel loved um mm -hmm. and faith being this like this commitment to the idea that you are loved mm. um and that felt uh kind of nice and it made me understand faith better judaism doesn't really tell you you're loved i guess it does no but it's also like you're special <laughs> he likes you more i guess well that's yeah but there's a lot of work that goes along with maintaining that relationship with god mm. it's not just unconditional love no no man burn people up and try that's to make you kill your son and right stuff. Right, in the past. 
We yeah, need to hold so. that over God the whole time. <laughs> God's like, I did that once. Yeah. <laughs> I did that once and I stopped him. Uh, yeah. Someone was happened to be writing it down. Yeah. <laughs> um, Carolyn, it's come time. What's um, yours? Uh, something hopeful. Uh, something. Uh, well, I had a few things. You can also just answer the question any way you want. You don't have to. True. Yeah. Don't. Well, I don't know. There was something that's sticking with me. Um, I went to see on, what was it? A Friday night or Thursday Anyway, whatever day today is, Monday, a few days ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> I went to see um, Stars Together, the show at Crow's Theater. Oh, I don't know about it. Okay. So, you know, the band Stars from Montreal. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. They've been together 20 years. So this is their 20 year kind of, I guess, anniversary show or something. And uh, it was super like meta theatrical show that, um, you know, really broke down the relationship dynamics in the group and they exposed vulnerabilities they basically uh, reenacted a lot of their arguments, Whoa. you know, like big blowout arguments and, and infidelities where someone was engaged to someone in the band and then left, you <gasps> know, well, Amy for Evan. I don't want to spoil it if you don't know. <laughs> but uh, and they talk about it and how they all stayed together through this 20 years uh, and they're still together through it all. And I found hope in that because on the one hand, I think we're taught like, oh, if something's dysfunctional or it's not working you, you shouldn't be there <laughs> maybe I'm, I don't know what I'm saying that you shouldn't be there but it was very interesting to see a testament of commitment of like no we actually continue to learn from each other grow together get uncomfortable together and yet still show up for rehearsal still show up to make music it's like still that show up you don't need art. to take that you can just you should just leave yeah then- you don't need to take that you should just leave which is true it, certainly no one should stay in an abusive situation mm-hmm. um, so that's not what I'm talking about but that within a dynamic what happens if you stick it out and you see that maybe someone is coming from a place of pain or that, oh, fuck, the person you love fell in love with someone else who is a dear friend of yours and that you can find your way through that, like how that they found their way through and continued to make music and art. And then not only that, but then had the bravery to put it on stage for us all to see and still be, it didn't feel self-indulgent and horrible. It felt amazing and uplifting and inspiring and hopeful that like oh you can that we have the capacity for that and as artists to take that and turn that into work is exciting instead of it just being like oh this horrible thing happened that we can then turn it into music songs sketches just an affirmation a reaffirmation of that 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 becomes the fuel the alchemy right turning the base metal into gold like take the ugly fight or the ugly emotions and the jealousies and the all of it and transmute it into something cool. I don't know. I found that very helpful. Yeah. Cause that's as artists, mm. that's a gig, right? Yeah. And it's, but gig. figuring out the lines of where is so difficult. Oof. Cause it's like, am I just making a spite breakup album? Right. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's, it, it's also pretty, quite rare to find that in a collaborative way. Right. Usually it's like, I will take this experience on my own right. and I will transmogrify it into something else. Yes. But to, to collaborate on that project is, that's interesting. Yeah, those and those projects where it's like one person has the voice of what happens, they always feel unfair to me. Yeah. If you're Is talk- that true? If you're talking about your own experience, well, I mean, I'll bring up I'll bring up one that I don't even really want to talk about, which was Louis' show, Louis C.K.'s show. I hated it. Mm. Because I was like, you're talking about a divorce, your actual divorce, you mm. fictionalized it, but you are the only one saying it. Right. I don't I don't know what's true here, but I know that you're the only person who gets a voice here. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that concerns me mm-hmm. when it's, a, especially when it's about someone else whose voice is then taken away. Yeah. So when it first came out, I was like, I can't handle this. Right. I don't, 
maybe she's into this, but maybe she isn't. And the, the anxiety of her not being present, yeah. don't think you should be talking about this. But yeah. No, that's so interesting. This and is the opposite. This is the opposite. So they're each talking about it and they reenact this big argument around like capitalism and Spotify and, you know, musicians' right. relationship to that. And uh, Torque had like gone off in a meeting uh, with Spotify about it and they're fighting about it in the tour van afterwards. And one of the drummers, Patty, he then steps forward to the audience. He's like, I hated that fight. I, that was a horrible fight. I hate doing plays. I hate that I have to stand here and relive this fight every night uh, for this theater performance. Uh, and so it was really beautiful. And I mean, obviously he accepted it and he was doing it mm -hmm. and it was really well received. But it was really interesting to all sides were shown. Like this is your perspective and people allowed themselves to be shown as ugly or as, you know, uh, whatever petty whatever their their emotions were also if if the only way that you can do this is standing on stage and say i hate it then that's extremely honest yeah it was extremely honest it was it was amazing to watch and then it became funny yeah because you're like well there you are you're doing it and you're saying it so obviously there's there's some and we I, I don't know i we work in an industry where the, the kind of standard is smile and say you like it right don't complain don't right and and also I don't know. Uh, yeah, don't don't make waves. Don't make it stressful. Mm. But everyone's internally just freaking out. Just well, yeah, we're in freak out times. <laughs> yeah, peak freak right. out. I also mean it's just it's like scary to be in a writer's room <laughs> in your own head, being like, "Is this good?" Yeah, like that's what every single day feels like to me. I don't mm. know. I'm rarely in writers' rooms. Oh, me too. Um, Carolyn hired me. That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> but I did hear, I did, I, I was I was in one briefly and it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of stressful. I did feel like I got to impress. That's what I felt. Of course, yeah. 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 Am, we, I, am I good enough? I think in season three, we had a thing on the board, on a whiteboard that was like basically all of our yet individual, yet at the same time, uh, group fears of like, I, I'm not any good at this. I have, my ideas are bad. <laughs> None of my scenes are getting in. I'm not in any sketches. Like whatever, you know, your inner monologue and you realize, oh, we're all, everyone's thinking the same thing. Everyone's mm. going like, oh man, that, that wasn't good enough. And even though people are being supportive and like, no, that's great. They're Let's lying. Working on it. They're lying. <laughs> I'm the weak. Like, and it was just somehow validating to just see this list of things and you could turn to it at any time and go, oh, Dan's feeling the same thing. Becky's feeling the same thing. Mm. You know, that's a beautiful uh, exercise to have in a writer's room. Yeah, it was really cool. It was just written up in the top corner, like all the, mm. the scary feelings that you feel in the room. Yeah, because everyone's feeling like that. Yeah. Right. We've reached the end. Oh my, look Have at this. We? Yeah. Well, we've got lots of recommendations of things to do. Think about, I guess, um, find a faith. <laughs> yeah, find a faith. Yeah, that's your homework. Yeah. Go see the yeah. stars show. Yeah, if you can. Well, I think it's, well, it'll be over by, but I'm sure it'll be around. Sounds amazing. Check out stars. Uh, go to Becky's Reckies. <laughs> Whatever yeah. that is. If you have something that needs a wreck. Yeah. Buy, buy a high-waisted pant and let your tum stick out because yeah. the kids like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the kids love it. They're super yeah. into it. Um, Don't worry because the post-human future will find will be fine. Yeah, and hold on to the thread of consciousness if you're crossing over. Yes. Oh, yes. Just find the thread. That's Just, it. You have no other all. job. Just hold the thread. No big deal. Just and then it. chances are the elevator door will open and it'll all be okay. But exactly. you got to find the thread for that to happen. So. True. This is some great advice. <laughs> Carolyn, how can we find you... In, find the thread. in work <laughs> we find your thread in work on the internet 
Uh, how do you find my thread? Uh, I think, <laughs> well, on CBC Gem, there is Baroness Von Sketch Show. If you're in, if you're listening in the States, we're on IFC. Mm-hmm. If you just like YouTube or Facebook, I think, you know, there are plenty of sketches on there. Is it only in Canada and the States? Is there uh, I think we made a German, is there, is there a Germany? Somewhere else. Not good. We have a lot of listeners in Germany. Do we? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So for yes. German listeners, there's something out there. I think, this yeah. This gets translated every week. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. You should play Kein Wurschen Deutsch. Whoa. Okay. Oh, so just a tiny bit. Yeah. Um, so you can do your own. I'll do my Thank own translation. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. Oh, yeah. Great. Well, that, that sure you have the time. Uh, so that's where you can find those things. Okay. Uh, uh, and then other things will, you'll have to, you'll have to wait and see and come into the future and you'll join just, me. You'll yeah. just have to generally see what the future holds. Yeah. See what yeah. the future holds and then come meet me in the future somewhere wherever i am i don't know where that is yet oh cool yeah <laughs> and thank you so much for coming and bringing your hopeful peace hey was right that was it wonderful. was great was talking a, to you dan and becky it was a fantastic chat it really set me at ease yeah which is me too. Uh, hard this for is me. Yeah. this is actually yeah this is what this is turning out to be is like a very um calming hour yeah. i'd say this podcast knowing i was coming to the hope podcast i was like oh that's hopeful okay I know it's turning itself. This back podcast on itself. is the classic blue of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> the classic blue of podcasts. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at Johnson Becky on Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm at Dan Byrne on everything. And it's the H Word Pod on everything. Yeah. Go look thanks for so us. much. And we'll see you next week. Uh, thanks a lot to Stacey McGonagall, our producer. As always, thank you, Stacey. The H Word Podcast is produced by Stacey McGonigal for The Shop. Follow The Shop on Instagram at the underscore shop T-O. Art this week provided by Aaron Salazar and music as always by Laura Barrett. For information on all of our artists, please follow us everywhere at The H Word Pod. Bye.